Lonnie Diane Rich. And I'm Dr. Kelly Jones. And this is Big. Strong. Yes. Welcome to Big Strong Yes, the show where we share our journey of reading three books that are inspiring us to embrace courage, creativity, and the call to adventure. Rising Strong by Dr. Brene Brown, Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert, and Year of Yes by Shonda Rhimes. Today's reading is Year of Yes, Chapter 9, Yes to Joining the Club, and Chapter 10, Yes, Thank You. We're taking next week off, but we'll be back on February 7th with Year of Yes, A Note About Time, Yes to More Year of Yes, Chapter 11, Yes to No, Yes to Difficult Conversations, and Chapter 12, Yes to People. Go to chipperish.com and search Big Strong Yes Schedule to find all the information about what we're reading and when. Yeah, those are short little things. Yeah. So, uh, so they all add up together. It sounds like a lot, but it's, it's not much more than what we've been doing in an average week anyway. So speaking of an average week, you want to tell me about <laughs> your, uh, your homework? I think I no longer believe in an average week. I think <laughs> <laughs> Big Strong Yes has kind of killed any idea of average that I've ever had for any week. Um, mm-hmm. And, and. I made a joke last week about you giving me easy homework, and so you decided to level up and torture me with homework this week. So thanks. That was awesome. Um, (laughs) Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. (laughs) So my damn homework was to find three pictures of myself that I liked and find something in each Mm -hmm. of them to appreciate. You can hear the eye roll on this side of the microphone. (laughs) But I did my damn homework. Damn it. Mm-hmm. I even posted the damn pictures to the damn Discord BSY homework forum because I'm an excellent student. That's why. And <laughs> BSY accountability is good. Mm-hmm. But it was awesome because the BSY homework forum is amazing and I love it. Mm-hmm. And seeing all the gorgeous photos that folks are sharing just makes my heart sore. And when I posted the first one, people started posting theirs. Oh, yeah. It was crazy. And that was incredible. Yeah. It was just incredible. And man, the people in Discord, y'all are just, I, I got to quote a movie. Y'all are, y'all are just money. <laughs> You're so money and you don't even know it. Like, <laughs> I just love, I love it. It's fantastic. Um, so that was going fine. And then you got a hold of your trickster magic and got all drunk on power and started this new thing <laughs> in Discord where we all have to say, and I am beautiful <laughs> once an hour. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got to be in my bonnet. We'll talk about that in just a little bit from my perspective. But from your perspective, it was just me being drunk with power. <laughs> drunk with power. Man, total notorious overlord. Because <laughs> apparently, like any good spell, if you say it many times under a full moon, you can make it real mm-hmm. or something. So I will say the words here in this damn homework report. Because I did the damn homework. (laughs) So first, I found an old picture from many, many moons ago when I was 18, taken by the man I loved in a place I loved, reading poetry by a waterfall. I was being very snarky with him for taking my damn picture and telling him to put that camera down and come over here and kiss me right as he pressed the shutter. (laughs) And so there's kind of a smirk on my face in the picture. (laughs) But it was a good day for us, and it's a good memory, and it's a good picture. And I like my hair in that photo, and it reminds me that I really like my hair when it's really long. Mm -hmm. So I have good hair, even though it's gray now, and it gets wild 
It's thick and it's wavy and it's soft. And I am beautiful. Very good. (laughs) All right. I took the second picture the day after you gave me this damn homework assignment. Mm -hmm. Right after I got out of the shower with no makeup, barefaced, no filter. So this is me now facing 40. Our next BSY episode comes out the day after my birthday. And those 40 years show on my face. (laughs) But I like the shape of my mouth and I have pretty eyelashes. Mm -hmm. And I am beautiful. Very good. (sighs) Uh, When am I going to start like cringing and flinching after saying these words? It's awful. All right. The third picture was from November. It's a snapshot that a friend took at work when I was trying really hard not to laugh in a training class. Um, Actually, because of a text that (laughs) you sent me. Oh, was that me? (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'm cracking up. So everyone who knows me knows that it is impossible for me to school my face. Like, especially if something makes me laugh, my facial expression gives it away. And so I like this picture because I remember how hard I was trying not to laugh. Mm -hmm. And I like knowing that I have a wicked sense of humor and that I laugh a lot. And I like the color of my eyes. So they change color depending on what I'm wearing from light sky blue to bright blue to teal to navy and to gray. And I am beautiful. Very good. (laughs) Yeah. You get a gold star, baby. (laughs) All right, all the damn gold stars. So here's a question for you. And if the answer is no, I can just edit this part out. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But remember you were saying that you went through Shonda's book and you saw all those pictures and you said, Mm -hmm. if I have to put pictures in a memoir, then I'm never writing a memoir. Can we put these pictures up in the show notes? (gasps) Well, I already put them in Discord, so... Why the hell not? Okay. Well, thank you very much. And just, you know, so everybody out there knows that I didn't put her on the spot. I mean, I did, but we could have edited that out. <laughs> if the answer was no, we could have edited that part out. So, okay. All right. Because consent, y'all. Because consent. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Sure. Um, so in all three of those pictures, mm-hmm. I'm not smiling. But if you know me, you can see a grin behind the serious expression. And I did not know this, Mm -hmm. but according to friends and the folks on Discord, that's called a Mona Lisa smile. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, When you have a smile that's not fully captured. And like I had even seen the movie Mona Lisa smile, but I didn't really understand that that's what it meant. (laughs) Um, And so I like the fact that I don't instantly flash a big grin for a camera. The smiling is not a fake reaction to having my picture taken. Mm And if I have to look at pictures of myself and share them with people, then being compared in any way to any work of Leonardo da Vinci makes me smile for real. And I am beautiful. (laughs) Stop smirking, (laughs) Monty, because you know I hate these words. And it's it's funny. I got a a message this morning from Mandy Kay. Yeah. She was so sweet. And she said, I know you might... I know you might hate it, but you're fucking beautiful. (laughs) I was like, oh, thank you, Mandy. (laughs) But a long time ago, you made me say, I am a great writer. Mm -hmm. And I'm starting to claim my writing now. And so maybe this beautiful magic will work the same way, which is why I call you an epic heroine, because you quite literally change people's lives for the better. And so you can't scoff or shrug that off or roll your eyes. (laughs) Because you're owning your magic, and I love you, and you are beautiful. Oh, thank you. I love you too, baby. And you are beautiful, and it is so wonderful to like hear you claim that. It's it's. I know you hate oh. it, 
I'm not claiming it. I'm doing homework. I am saying the words that were assigned to me. Because I was told. Because I was told to do the thing. And I obey the goddess that I podcast with. That's all. Obey the goddess. So what about uh, you? How was your homework this all week? All right. Well, my homework was to watch my videos. So I do videos, for those of you who are unaware, I do videos on YouTube for Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and, and now I'm doing the For How Story Works as well. And so uh, my homework was to watch the videos like a viewer, not like a creator, mm-hmm. not like somebody editing them, and look for mm-hmm. three things that I like about my appearance. So I did that because I do the homework too. I do what I'm assigned. <laughs> um, well, actually, I usually don't, but now I do. Yeah, I was about to say. Uh, <laughs> Most of the time, let I'm the like, record I do show. The <laughs> See, when I was assigning my own homework, I didn't do it. But when you assign me homework, I do it. I think that's another reason why this works so much better than it did. Um, all right, so here's here's what I came up with. I like my okay. eyes. I've always mm-hmm. liked my eyes. They're expressive. They're green with the brown rims in the center and on the edge. And I guess that makes them hazel. I'm not sure what the definition of hazel is but I think that's it um so I like my eyes and I think I think they're nice um I, I like my face when I smile like I feel like I'm, I'm pretty when I smile so I think that that's you nice are. you know yes and I also like my hair a, a few years back I put a pink stripe uh down one side yeah and I love it. <laughs> I've maintained it this whole time and um and I like it and I think it gives people a, a nice visual sense of who they're dealing with when they first meet me yeah <laughs> I have some slightly unexpected elements to my personality. So so the pink stripe, I think, gives them a little visual warning of that. Um, and then I went in. Oh, no. I'm sorry. Oh, what? I, I believe you left a sentence off. I'm sorry. The end of that. Oh, oh, oh. And I am beautiful. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Oh, God. You're going to make me do that. Okay, Jesus. Anyway, um, <laughs> let me tell the story of how I came to, to do this thing. Um, there was so much enthusiasm for the homework in, um, in the, the BSY channel on Discord that they actually asked me to make a specific homework channel. And so I did. Because mm-hmm. if you ask, I will. I'm a, I'm a benevolent dictator. If you ask me for something, generally, I'll, I'll try to do it. Um, <laughs> And the thing is, like, this homework just exploded. Like, people started sharing pictures of themselves and talking about the things that they loved and hated about their parents. But most of it was what they hated about their parents. Most of it was, you know, here's here's where I've got this thing and I don't like this thing about my face or my body or whatever. Um, and there was a lot of self-criticism there, you know. But I looked yeah. at these pictures and with every single one, I thought... Jesus, she's beautiful, you know, and that's not to use gendered language. We have men there, too. And when they shared their pictures, I thought, Jesus, he's beautiful, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. but I hate the word they as a non-gendered noun. I know that's the appropriate noun to use, but I just don't like it. So when I use gendered language, it's only because of that. It's not because men are not a part of this because they are and they should be. So I just want to say, men, you are also beautiful. Um, But anyway, so Friday after work, um, I was listening uh, to the audio of chapter nine from Year of Yes and chapter 10 um, as I walked to my car from work. And the content of those chapters just really got me inspired. Although I think like the feeling that I had, though, mostly was tired. Like I was tired Mm -hmm. of this thing that we do where we try to take ourselves down before anyone else gets a chance to take a shot at us, you know? We apologize for the things that make us awesome. We shrink into smaller and smaller spaces, playing small, making ourselves less so that others can be more. And we all look at each other and we think, Jesus, she's beautiful. And then we look at ourselves and we think, but I'm a hideous monster, you know? 
And that imbalance struck me so hard. And I kind of came to some realizations like one of them, I think, is we are afraid of ourselves, you know, Um, afraid of what might happen if we don't shrink ourselves, if we don't reject ourselves, afraid of what will happen if we claim our power. Um, What was it? Marianne Williamson who said that what we're really afraid of is that we are powerful beyond measure. Right. right. And I've heard that a lot. And I always thought it was bullshit. But now I kind of think there's something to it. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I realize it's not that we're like, afraid of our power, but that other people are afraid of our power. The people who would encourage us to shrink, to deny, to feel ugly and unlovable. Because the fact that we all do this is not a coincidence. The fact that everyone, most women, and and a lot of men do this is because we're trained to do this from the time that we're little. Those people are the ones with unearned entitlement, the ones who know that they can claim every inch that we shrink away from, and so they shrink us. And these are the people who get the space that we give up. And I had this sudden thought. I was like, well, fuck that. So (laughs) Friday night, mad with the power I get from being the leader of this community, I went to the BSY homework channel and I said, new rule. Once an hour, everyone here has to add the words and I am beautiful to the end of what they say, whatever they're talking about, or we're going to say we can't hear you. (laughs) Yeah, thanks. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So that happens. Yeah, people come in, they start talking about something more like we can't hear you. And then they're like, and I am beautiful, you know, and then they go on. Um, But people don't have to be necessarily even talking about beauty or about these issues. They can be talking about anything. And they don't have to mean it. They just have to say it. And so suddenly we got the flood of wonderful, seemingly incongruent messages. I went grocery shopping and I bought cilantro and I am beautiful. Yes. My kid said (laughs) fuck when she stubbed her toe and I am beautiful. And it just, I mean, those aren't the actual messages. The actual messages are not mine to share. I'm just giving you a sense of the kinds of things that were going on in there. And what happened was it, it became this like very powerful thing for every person who tagged and I am beautiful to the end of their posts. I felt a charge from it, like through my whole being. Every time I saw those words, I got this charge that was just saying, yes, this is it, Mm -hmm. you know? And I said it, and I am beautiful. And I made Kelly say it. I made everyone (laughs) say it, right? And so I would just come in there and hound people, just say it, and I am beautiful, and I am beautiful. And at first, it was awkward, and it was weird, and people were uncomfortable. And then eventually they really got into it and it became this thing. And it's just the beginning. I mean, personal beauty is one of the things that we are denied from seeing in ourselves by people who would have us shrink away so that they could take up more space, right? And fuck that noise. I am beautiful (laughs) and so are you. And this is just where it starts. Beauty is not the only thing that we have to claim. This is just the beginning. And this is just where it starts. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love this. I so, got a bee in my bonnet. I got to tell you yeah. about this whole thing. You got to charge. And mm-hmm. that is why there is no average week. That's right. On BSY. <laughs> <laughs> you never know what's going to happen here. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> that is why we call you the notorious Lonnie Diner. Oh, right. <laughs> All right. So let's go into our reflections from the past week. Last week, we had that big talk about body issues and et cetera. And I think that that's kind of leading into what we're doing this week. But what were your reflections? Well, one is I love seeing the fire come back to you. Like it just lights me up and it's wonderful and it's fantastic. And I don't have words to express how happy it makes me. So I'll hail our notorious overlord. (laughs) 
who bosses us around and makes me say words. I'm a benevolent dictator. <laughs> a benevolent dictator. Yeah. <laughs> and I am feeling stronger, oh, I think, for good. the first time in a long time. Because there's fire in me. Mm-hmm. And it's fierce and it's mine. And I don't care how many times I have to remind myself of this. Yeah. I'm going to keep reminding myself of this. But you can only douse a flame so many times without expecting the embers to die. And I have done that mm-hmm. over and over and over again. But the fire is real. And I'm done trying to tame it. Done. I have cried enough. And anyone who loves me is going to have to love me like this. Oh, I love that. You know, and I've I've been rumbling with heartache and grief. And I think in some ways this may always be the case. Mm-hmm. But I can hold love and loss in my heart at the same time. And there's a big difference between heartbreak and being broken. Mm-hmm. And I'm strong enough to carry heartbreak. But the fire tells me that I am not broken. And I don't know if it's from the Aquarius season or a new moon or being drunk on some truly excellent poetry. <laughs> but like I feel this fire again. And I'm stronger in flames than I'll ever be in tears. Stronger in storms than I'll ever be in quiet. And even when I'm rumbling and reckoning with heartache and fear and change and desire and creativity and badassery and love, I'm stronger dancing with the thunder than I am curled up on the ground. And so the arena be damned. I will stand. But I've learned that I don't have to stand alone. And having strong friends stand with me does not make me weak. And so I've always tried to learn from other people. And now I'm learning how to lean on others and not just lean on them, but lean into them and sharing myself in the process and being vulnerable enough to be open in the leaning. Because ideas of giving and receiving have always challenged me and learning to not only accept, but to ask for fierce kindness when I need it, learning to receive love as deeply as I give it, turning to friends, not only for empathy and support, but also for encouragement, strength and insight, inspiration has been an incredible lesson and one that has changed me. And I am better for this integrated understanding of love. Because the goal here is not some equilibrium between guilt and shame, or between never good enough and who do you think you are, or even between fear and desire. The goal here is joy, fierce happiness, courage, creativity, and the call to adventure. And I want to choose magic. But I'm just now beginning to understand what Brene Brown meant by brave and brokenhearted. And this requires a deeper and truer appreciation of myself, which requires a lens made of love instead of the broken lens that I usually use to look at myself. (laughs) (laughs) And for some reason, this was triggered by writing. Mm -hmm. So sharing that SFD last week was an incredibly difficult decision. When I was editing the show, I deleted it and added it back at least half a dozen times. Mm -hmm. But the idea of sharing vulnerability in real time tipped the scale in favor of leaving it in, unedited, word for word, true to the raw first draft. And so I'm really surprised and like tickled pink that some folks liked it and liked my writing style. But that piece was written from a place of fear, not from a place of poetry. And I could not see any beauty in it at all until you showed the beauty in it to me. And so I think like looking at pictures of myself, the lens I use to read my own writing also seems to be broken. Mm -hmm. And this is why we have to be mirrors for each other so we can show those we love their own beauty when they can't see it for themselves. Because I know how to love someone else well, deeply, passionately, fiercely, or even quietly, but I don't know how to truly love myself. Because love is what I give, 
and not really what I believe I deserve to receive. And the broken lens is at its strongest here. Yeah. So after last week's DSY episode, (laughs) (laughs) also not an average week, um, our friend Joshua Unruh listened to our ideas of not being lovable. And he said, no, that's not how real love works. And he sent you and me a podcast episode by Pete Rollins. Yeah. And it was the sort of thing that I would normally resist (laughs) because it was based in theology and like being the heathen that I am, I expected it to leave me cold or make me really, really mad. Um, I was braced for a sermon, you know, Mm -hmm. but instead found this passionate discussion about love. Um, So thank you, Unruh, for pushing me out of my comfort zone (laughs) because he's probably the only person that could have gotten me to listen to that. Um, (laughs) And while the discussion was theological, Rollins damn well defined his terms and he wove epistemology with beautiful prose in a way that was really intriguing. And so I listened. And in listening, I learned some things. And there's an idea from that show that has stayed with me. And I mean like, burrowed itself deeply into me and will not let me go. So Pete Rollins said, love is like light. When we are sitting with friends, we do not think about the light that surrounds us, but only of the friends that the light enables us to see. Love in a very precise way enables us to see. Love does not make itself visible, but rather makes others visible to us. Love does not exist, but calls others into existence. Love does not stand forth, but brings others forth. Love calls everything into existence. And I can't shake this idea, right? It's Mm -hmm. beautiful. Now that it's in my mind, and I I just keep wondering, like, what am I calling into existence through love? What does it enable me to see? And how does it enable me to be seen? What is calling me, bringing me to life, igniting the fire? And what love am I open to receiving? Because if love calls everything into existence... Can we call it down like the lightning by turning into it, by returning it, by making it, by understanding it as a force that is and not an object to have? I don't know. It's just lit my whole brain up. (laughs) (laughs) But here's the big idea. It seems to me that if love calls everything into existence, it means that we are, all of us, well and truly lovable. Mm -hmm. And that idea has a hold of me now and it won't let go because the rules of the universe can't be different for me Right. Hi, holy podcasting priestess or not. (laughs) (laughs) The rules have to apply to me, too. And the simple fact is, I have been called into existence. I am here, standing, open, maybe for the first time in my life, to real love, brave and brokenhearted. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's that simple, and I don't think I can flip the switch and suddenly love myself well, and I don't think I can move from explosive integration to synthesis to the top of Maslow's pyramid and just enjoy the view from that high place of (laughs) (laughs) self-actualization. But I can see and be seen through a more holistic lens of love. And so, of course, this goes back to Elizabeth Gilbert, who said, there are always obstacles. Sometimes it seems there are nothing but obstacles. But in the end, the question will always remain the same. What are you willing to give up in order to have what you really want? Mm -hmm. And I think now, finally, I can give that passionate question of what do you want a real answer? Because what I want now is love. Real and deep, magical and romantic, messy and imperfect, but fierce and whole. I want that kind of love. And it feels like the universe has been asking me what I want, and I've been dancing to the edge for an answer and then backing up for fear of what might happen if I actually answer the question. Yeah, right. But 
not anymore. And I'm willing to give up that broken lens in order to have what I want because I have to. Mm -hmm. I want writing. I want magic. And I want love to see and be seen, to call and be called. I want love. And so I have to give up the idea of not being lovable. So it's lovability and divinity. And here we are again. (laughs) But now it can be an act of choice. And for me, romantic geek that I am, that answer is always going to be love. Mm -hmm. Except when the answer is 42, because sometimes it is. (laughs) So all that to say, got that universe? Was it clear enough? Did I define my terms well enough? Yes? Good. Now bring it on, baby. Oh, my God. That whole thing (laughs) is so powerful. (laughs) I just tried to sit here and shut up and let you go. (laughs) Because... Everything you put in there, when I read that in the script, I was like, oh, we're real now. Like, this is, <laughs> we're really doing this now, you know? Um, and I love it. And I love the power that you express with that and, and the claiming, you know, you are claiming. And I love that. It feels real now. Yeah. Yeah. So... Not an average week. Not an a- it's never <laughs> an average week. I don't think I believe in them anymore. <laughs> right. So, what about you? How are your reflections this week? Well, you know, I'm going to say these last few weeks um, have been exceptionally hard. Yeah. Um, I have been sad and depressed and angry and scared. I would wake up every day in a blind panic, not about anything in particular, just like generically panicked. It was almost like it was when all of this first happened and I didn't understand any of it, except now I understand all of it. I know what happened to me and I'm in that space again where it's just, it's too much. It's just overwhelming. Every task I had before me scared me, even things that were simple, things that I knew I could do, drive to work. And I'd be like, oh my God, I have to drive to work. You know, something I do every day. It's Mm -hmm. not really a big deal, but everything scared me. I was overwhelmed and just so, so tired. And then finally, I hit a couple of days where I was just numb, like no panic, but no joy, right? You can't selectively numb. If you're numb, you're numb all over, you know? Right. <laughs> so I was just dead inside. And man, I took it and ran I, with gratitude, right? You know, dead inside <laughs> is better than panic any day of the week. Fine. And I went to see my therapist, Crystal, you know, on Wednesdays, as I do. Um, Mm -hmm. And I told her everything I was feeling. And she said, well, I'm not really getting this from you. She's like, the panic, the depression, this dead numbness, you're laughing and you're joking, like everything is fine, right? And I said, well, I'm in athlete talk mode, right? You know, this is what I put on during meetings at work when I need to play the game. This is what I do when I make my videos or talk to people. I smile and I joke and I play the role of Lonnie been doing it a long time. I know this role, you know, I can do it. (laughs) But inside there's just, there's nothing like this is what I do so that I don't break down. So I don't cry an ugly cry in front of people making them uncomfortable. So I can do the work that I need to do. I just, I shut down and I turn on the role, you know, I play the role of Lonnie. And that was Wednesday. And I was going through those couple of days of numbness, which I was actually grateful for um, because it didn't feel great, but it was at least a relief from the pain and the panic. And then on Friday, I was walking to my car and I hit that fuck no, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and I actually like felt that life come back. I felt 
like me. I was mad with power. I took to my community and I told them what to say and how to say it. Yes, you did. (laughs) And that, by the way, I would just like to say is how power should be used. If you have power, do some fucking good with it. Instead of using it to shrink people so that you get more space, use it to encourage people because the space you all take up together is not zero sum. This is what I realized every time somebody wrote and I am beautiful and I felt that charge. It is never that when other people expand, I somehow lose my space. You know, they expand and I expand. They claim their power. I claim mine. And what is happening in this community ever since is wild and it's beautiful and it's unexpected. And yet every moment I see it, I'm like, of course, this is how it should be. This is exactly what we're supposed to be doing, you know? So I know this isn't a linear process. You know, I'm not like, hey, I listened to Shonda Rhimes and I got a little of my power back and now I'm healed and everything's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I know I'm still in recovery. I know there are going to be dips. I know I'm going to feel dead inside and numb. And I know I'm going to feel panicked, you know, again. And Saturday, right after this wonderful Friday night, I woke up again with that mild panic feeling facing all the work that I had to do. But, you know, I felt it for a few hours. I was me again. And that gives me like all the hope that I need to just keep going, to keep moving forward, to recover from this and be the me that I was always meant to be. The me that I've been pretending to be all of these years during the athlete talk while feeling scared and alone and self-loathing underneath it all. Because when you experience that kind of abuse, they make you love them and hate yourself. And I hated myself, but I didn't understand, you know, what that really was about. Not until he was gone and I could move on from that. And I realized what, what had been happening and what he'd been doing to me. So mm-hmm. overall, you know, I'd say it was a pretty good week. I mean, I think <laughs> that maybe this is like actual progress. And, yep. you know, and I'm taking you guys with me. Like I've never wanted power or attention or fame. I've always just kind of wanted to do the work. But... I've gotten a little power, you know, some attention, some, you know, I don't know if you would call it fame, a mild, a mild rash of fame, I would say. But, (laughs) you know, what I have in those terms is very, very little, but I have it. And you know what? I'm going to fucking use it. (laughs) Like, I'm going to do something with it that's actually not just good for me, but good for the people around me. You expand, I expand. That's how it works. And it's kind of amazing. It is completely amazing. You expand, I expand. Mm-hmm. I think it's fucking beautiful. Yeah. I mean, that's poetry in motion. It's fantastic. And just hearing you come back, and I would say even more than coming back to yourself, because I think this is a new kind of homecoming. Mm-hmm. You're not going back to the place you were right. before this pain and trauma. Mm-hmm. You're coming back to the you that you are now, past that pain and past that denial and past that, you know, Mm-hmm. that recovery process and, and you're coming into yourself yeah. in a way that is just fantastic and amazing to watch. And just, I don't even have the words <laughs> to tell you how happy it makes me just for you. Yeah. But it's also a force to behold and a force to be reckoned with and, you know, notoriety, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you have it. So, <laughs> Absolutely. Use it in a way that expands your power and others. And and it's wonderful. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, this is just where I am now. Who the hell knows what's going to happen next week. But (laughs) (laughs) 
I've learned not to try to predict that. I'm just going to let it be what it is. And this is what it is now. And I'm having fun. And I'm really enjoying, you know, seeing what happens to other people, uh, seeing what they're doing and what they're claiming. And it's been it's been kind of an amazing process. Yes, absolutely. And I love watching you have fun. (laughs) Well, it's it's (laughs) nice to have fun, I got to say. And I know that you hated every minute of it, but I think it's been good for you, too. I love it watching other people do it. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't like saying the damn words myself. But the magic of it and the energy of it and watching everyone turn and respond and lift each other. Oh, God. I mean, that's magic. It's fantastic. I love it. Yeah, it's pretty pretty crazy. Yeah. I just don't want to say the words. (laughs) All right. All right. I will will cut you some slack for a little while. Oh, my God. I've uh, said it like four times in this show already. but, But it's still but it's still bothering you. Like, I need you to say it until you're like, yeah, and I'm beautiful. So whatever. Like, I want you to own it. And I think it's just going to take a little time for that. And that's okay, because I am a patient woman. So you did the reading. I look, I'm shifting off to another topic. I'm leaving you alone for the moment. All right, um, patient woman. Right. <laughs> All right. So what did you think of the reading this week? I loved the reading yeah, this week. Yeah, it was good. I, it? I loved both of these chapters. You know, they were charged. They were powerful. They were on point. Mm-hmm. Um, you can hear Shonda Rhimes coming into herself, yeah. into her power, into mm-hmm. her voice. Um, and I thought they were fantastic. Like it was, it was really great. So in chapter nine, the yes to joining the club, mm-hmm. which was kind of a short yeah. chapter that was mostly her speech, um, which was fantastic. Yes. Like, I love that speech. Mm-hmm. And I was so glad that I had the paperback and the audiobook because the audiobook has the recording of the speech yeah. itself. So we get to kind of hear her deliver that and, and then also read the words. And it mm-hmm. was just fantastic. But before she got to the speech, when she was talking about kind of the award and who was invited, on page 167, she said, I am on the list, but I am not of the list. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the things, even though it had been a while since I had read this book and I had been resisting rereading this book, there were three things that had stayed with me from the first reading. And two of them were in this chapter. Oh, wow. Um, I'm sorry, in these two chapters. Mm -hmm. So one of them was this quote, I am on the list, but I am not of the list. Mm -hmm. And I think this really sums up how I feel about writing and creativity and magic and love. Like I know these things deeply Mm -hmm. and I can almost reach out my hand and touch them. And I can see them like heat maps, a light in other people, but I can't quite make that leap from theory to praxis Mm -hmm. to live them, to claim them. Like I'm on the list, but not fully of the list Mm -hmm. yet. Yeah. You know, and and that idea that she had of breaking the glass ceiling when she was talking about all of the women running and she had this beautiful repetitive language about crashing into it and falling Mm -hmm. back, crashing into it and falling back. And like, I believe in the collective awesome, Mm -hmm. you know, in the magical energy that we create and share by celebrating, inspiring and encouraging each other. Because awesome begets awesome Mm -hmm. and encouragement begets encouragement and inspiration begets inspiration. And if you can do it, I can do it. And if I can do it, you can do it. And like, I love just the whole energy of that. And I love what it means. And I love seeing ways that we can actually do that for each other in real life. Yeah. You know, because like love, the more badassery that you give to others, the more it echoes back into your own heart. Yeah. And so I think like that chapter was just this beautiful 
display Mm -hmm. of that idea. And I loved the speech and I loved the ideas. So yeah, no, I thought that was fantastic. Yeah. What about you? What did you get out of that chapter? Um, I mean, a lot of the same stuff. Like I really, um, I really enjoyed reading that and, and especially listening to it in the audio because I've got the, I've got it on Kindle and I've got it in the audiobook, and it's just so much power, more powerful. Like when you hear her say these words, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, you know, mostly it's this incredible speech about the glass ceiling, about how cracked it had been by the efforts of the women before her who had been repelled back by it so that she could aim herself at the weakest spot and break through without a cut. You know, and I love that imagery. And this is a humble speech, you know, a beautiful speech and a true speech. And it shows how you can claim you're awesome and still acknowledge and make room for the people before you who made your achievements possible and the people beside you who are also doing incredible things. Um, There is a sense that if you claim you're awesome, that somehow if I say I'm awesome, then I'm saying that you are not, you know, which is not at all the case. You know, there is room for claiming you're awesome and at the same time being grateful and acknowledging the awesome that is in other people, you know. And for years, I've had a speech that you referenced earlier, and I'm going to talk about a little bit now that I do at writers conferences. And I end every workshop with this speech. I credit it to Jennifer Cruzy, who was the first person to yell at me for shrinking. It was like 15 <laughs> years ago and I'm still learning that lesson. So, you know, she's, she did her part, but man, <laughs> it's taken me a long time to really like integrate it. Um, but this was about the time that my first book had just come out. Um, and I was part of this cherry writers group, which was basically for uh, the fans of Jenny's fans were always called the cherries because there were always cherries in her books. Um, mm-hmm. So this was before Jenny and I had become close friends before I moved into her magical house in the Ohio river. You know, it was years before that I was just another fan, you know, on the, on the forums. And I was tentatively talking about my new book, you know, and I was like, it's got problems. It's not perfect. It's probably not even very good. It probably just totally sucks. Don't pay money for it. Get it from the library. Right. And doing this whole thing, you know, this whole shrinking. Right. And so Jenny came into the forum, you know, with her power. Right. Because she had that. She was a leader of a community and she had that power, you know. Mm -hmm. And she said, you wrote a book. (laughs) If you don't think it's great, how can you expect anyone to pony up good money in 10 hours of their time to read it? You know, and she goes, she says, I'm a great writer. I know I'm a great writer. And anyone who doesn't know that should not be writing. Right. And I'm going to tell you a little something about Jennifer Cruzy. She's kind of a tough love type. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you that this is not the first time I've gotten a lecture like that from, uh, from Jen. And one of the things she said was people are going to line up 10 deep to tell you you suck. Do not do their work for them, right? Yeah. And that was the first time I felt this thing, this anti-shrink, you know? And I was converted instantly. Like, I knew that she was right. Still, here I am, 15 years later, still learning this lesson. But anyway. um, (laughs) So anyway, I have been giving that speech, the I'm a great writer speech, everywhere I go. Whenever I talk to writers, I end with that. The first time I taught my screenwriting class, I ended with that. Although I stopped after that because these kids didn't exhibit the kind of shrinking behavior (laughs) that I saw in, you know, female writers, especially romance Mm -hmm. writers. We get beat up for being women. We get beat up for being women writing books for women. And we get told we suck all the time by people who have never read a word of our work, you know? And after a while, we start to believe it and we start to shrink. So I tell that story. I do that speech every single time. Jenny, by the way, never does this. 
I don't know if she's even ever said it again since the day she yelled at me on the Cherry Forums. I kind of ran with it, you know, the proselytizing convert. But it is her idea. It's her magic. I'm just the delivery girl. And I credit her with it every time I give this speech, you know. But she was the first person I'd ever actually seen in real life claim her greatness. And it changed my life. And I went back on that board right after she yelled at me. And I said, I'm a great writer. And everyone on that board did it too. She made everybody do it. I'm saying that, you know, my inspiration for the And I Am Beautiful comes from a place. I've seen this done before, (laughs) right? Um, So all these people started saying, I'm a great writer. I am a great writer. And everyone expanded. Like I saw it, you know, and it was, again, so long ago. And I'm still learning that lesson. And the thing is that you expand in the moment that you do it. But if you stop the practice, you start to shrink again. And that is the thing that like, I think I've I've learned from all of this is that you can't say it once. You can't say it five times. You have to say it every goddamn day for the rest of your life. You know, (laughs) you have to claim it, you know, and claiming you're awesome. You know, like I said, takes nothing away from anyone else. My awesome takes nothing away from your awesome. Your awesome takes nothing away from mine. We expand each other when we do this. And I've been spreading that message for years with fervor. And yet I failed to see how important this is that you do it every single day and that you do it loudly and you do it where people can hear you because my awesome makes your awesome greater. It's not just that my awesome doesn't take anything away from you. My awesome makes your awesome greater. My claiming makes your claiming easier and vice versa. When I see other people do it, I get stronger. You know, it makes me bold. And that's what we need. We need boldness. You know, no more shrinking. That shit stops today. <laughs> oh, I love this. And, and it makes me think of, you know, you're awesome. Expanding someone else is awesome. Mm-hmm. And, and the joint magical power of that, like the difference between someone playing a musical instrument by themselves. Yeah. And then the all-encompassing, world-shaking power that you get from an orchestra. Yeah. You know? And that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It is. So it's the orchestra of awesome. Mm -hmm. And and I think to be part of that and and to not try to outplay the person beside you or not try to play too softly so the person on your other side can be heard, but this idea that you bring what you have with everything you have and you play – And then the people around you play and then that music builds and it swells and it expands and it becomes this magical thing that you can be part of. And and I think it's wonderful. Yeah. And it really is like that. And that's one of the things that like, it wasn't just that me claiming my power doesn't take away from yours. You know, it's that me claiming my power makes your power stronger and you claiming your power makes my power stronger. And all of us doing that together is, is, an unbelievably powerful thing, which is why we've been told not to do it, which is why we've been trained not to do it because there's so much power there and we just have to claim it. You just have to pick it up. It's fantastic. All right. So what'd you think about the rest of the chapter? So chapter 10 is probably my favorite Mm -hmm. in the book. Mm -hmm. I love this so much. I love this. Um, There's a long quote on page 178 and it's a longer quote, but I still really wanted to include it Mm -hmm. because I think that this was a big idea if ever a big idea existed. Yes. And and, <laughs> and so in this chapter, you know, not only does she define her terms and, and 
um, really give us a framework for things, but she also shares vulnerability in real time. And you yeah. see, you see her expand, like you see her come mm-hmm. into this power. And I just love it. So on page 178, she said, the point of this whole year of yes project is to say yes to things that scare me, that challenge me. So in order to yes, a problem, I have to find whatever it is inside the problem that challenges me or scares me or makes me just freak out. And then I have to say yes to that thing, which sounds like counterintuitive insanity. But I'm slowly coming to understand it's not insanity. I race into the wilderness and it's all darkness and thorny bushes and rocky uphill paths. And I'm spitting out swear words left and right. And then suddenly I break out into the clearing and find I'm standing on the mountaintop, air in my lungs, sunlight on my face. It's not insanity. It's just tough. Oh, man. Oh, that's good. I just love it. Because I am also learning to stand and I want to stand like this. Yeah. Wind on my skin, moonlight on my face. Mm -hmm. Like to show someone the path for badassery. This is how you break through. These are the steps. Yeah. Like it's all about making things visible, right? You show your process. Mm -hmm. You show that in real time. You don't say, oh, I just did this and it happened. You break it down for people. You share the actual steps of the dance, and then other people can dance with you. And I love that. Um, And then on page 181, you hear her start to make this claim. And I loved these words. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, I don't know that I could ever actually say this out loud. And so I'm quoting her so I get to say it. And I thought this would be damn good practice. So (laughs) she said, I am not lucky. You know what I am? I'm smart. I'm talented. I take advantage of opportunities that come my way, and I work really, really hard. Don't call me lucky. Call me a badass. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to stand up and cheer. Yes. Like, <laughs> I love this so much. And so one of my professors in my PhD program, um, the one who yelled at me for wanting to do theater, oh, while I was yeah. also taking her class mm-hmm. because, like, she was a full-fledged card-carrying <laughs> badass um, and, and just left such an amazing impression on me. She was mm-hmm. um, one of the first women I'd ever met who was unapologetically badass. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, she, she would say things like, I mean, f- such a fierce intellectual. This woman wrote books and ran conferences and organized research studies and had a postdoc. And, I mean, she was amazing. And she would take that and own it, but she would also, like, dress like a freaking badass, look gorgeous, and, like, (laughs) own that stuff and stand at the front of the classroom, like, just owning that space. And Mm -hmm. she was the person who taught me, if you have to go do something scary, like deliver a big speech or something where you need to feel your power, even if you have to dress conservatively, you wear the best wildest brightest most gorgeous <laughs> sexy bra that you have yeah underneath that suit and that is how you rock it and like <laughs> I always think of her and that and I just love the whole idea um but she she was fierce and she gave me hell uh-huh. um <laughs> like she would just challenge me to step everything up um in all of my work and so she had this idea of being a rock star mm-hmm. and that was kind of like her version of badass was to be a rock star. Mm-hmm. The idea of being a rock star in your field or being a rock star in your own mind or being an, a rock star in your work 
that was her metaphor. Mm-hmm. And so when I first started planning, like writing out the, the research methodology for my dissertation, I was going to interview like a dozen people. And she's like, oh, really? I'm sorry. Are you a backup singer? Or are you a fucking rock star? <laughs> this is not the work that you are capable of doing. Wow. You know? And so it turned into this study with 100 people in 12 different countries and oh an interview God. with the founder of the organization. It was nominated for an award. Oh it God. broke all of the qualitative digital rules. I had to write a new section for the IRB because I was doing things that the university had never done before. Oh my God. Like she pushes, you know, Mm -hmm. you to this level and I can hear her voice. Are you a backup singer? Are you a fucking rock star? Like all the time. And I want that. And Mm -hmm. I want to do that for other people too. But she was the first person that I really saw who owned it. I love that. Oh, she was just fantastic. Um, and so it, it, she reminds me a lot of Wonder Woman. Oh, yeah? You know, if Wonder Woman was like a six-foot-tall, African-American, badass, intellectual academic, yeah, this would be Wonder Woman oh, my God. for me. Mm-hmm. And so when Shonda was talking about Wonder Woman, on page 194, she said, Wonder Woman does not fake it. Wonder Woman is a study in badassery. And I was like, oh, hell yes. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes. Because the idea of fake it till you make it, yeah, I have said yes to probably more times than I have said yes to authenticity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think this started young. So mm-hmm. we moved around constantly when I was a kid. I went to a different school almost every year, kindergarten through 12th. I went to four different high schools. Oh, my God. Um, and there were only a few of those, like, with two years at the same school. Mm-hmm. But mostly it was a new school every year. Oh, my God. So I was always the new kid. I was always the weird kid. I was the one with the strange family and the serious face expression and like all the books in my backpack. <laughs> <laughs> and then I would come in and I threw the curve mm-hmm. and I knew the answers to the test and I did the homework and I was bored all day. And I became like this detached observer of cultural phenomenon at each different school. <laughs> but I wasn't really part of it. I was on the list, but I was not of the list because mm-hmm. I didn't fully belong anywhere. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I learned how to fake it with new people and new situations to fake my way through loneliness and awkwardness and disappointment and that bored detachment Mm -hmm. and really to fake my way through school, which is why I think I became such a great student. Um, But I faked my way through family time and holidays and faked it till I make it in, like, more ways than I can count. Mm -hmm. And that's enough. Right. Right. (laughs) enough. And and in, in a search for an authentic life, you can fake it till you make it when it makes you feel brave. Mm-hmm. But at some point, faking it has to stop. Yeah. And there are things that I'm not willing to fake anymore. I will not fake happiness. Mm-hmm. I will not fake interest in something that does not serve me. I will not fake agreement just to avoid conflict. And I will not fake weakness when I am damn well strong. Mm-hmm. I will not fake orgasms or appreciation <laughs> for things that do not serve me. Mm-hmm. And I will not fake contentment. When my heart well and truly wants more, mm-hmm. you know, and I want to be a badass because my dreams are vast and I am capable and lost magic breaks my heart and I will not turn away from the gifts the universe has given me. So if it's possible to fight for magic, I want to fight for it because maybe magic wants to be chosen as fiercely as I do. Oh, my God. That and is that just badass. dawned on me, right? Like. <laughs> Here I, I am saying, yeah. I want this, I want this. Well, mm-hmm. maybe it wants to be chosen as fiercely as I do. And I, I know like what it. that means. Yeah. That's so. awesome. 
I like it. I think that's great. And, you know, as you're saying that, I will not fake interest. You know, I will not fake agreement just to avoid conflict. Like, I've done that so much in my life, too, you mm-hmm. know? And I don't, I don't think that I'm conscious of it a lot of the times when I do it. I just do it naturally. And to stand up and say, I'm not going to pretend that this is okay when it's not okay. I'm not going to pretend that I'm interested in this thing that I'm not interested in. You know, like the idea that you have the right to be genuine, you know, and to be who you are and to express thoughts that you're actually having. Like that is, is first of all, simple and yet revolutionary. (laughs) (laughs) Right? You have the right to authenticity. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and that's a, it's, it's just very cool. It's very powerful. You've got a lot of power running through what you're doing this week. I really like it. Well, I wrote it raw. And and, and so stuff. it was really funny. I wrote this all out mm-hmm. and left it because uh, fighting insomnia that has been yeah. chasing me. Mm-hmm. And so I left it all in. I wrote this really late at night, which I think I was kind of in the zone mm-hmm. and then left it with every intention of coming in and deleting it all out <laughs> the next day. <laughs> Because, but I got to it first, but you got to it first. And I think it's this idea of a vulnerability hangover. Like I wake up in the morning and I'm not like laying beside a stranger in bed. I'm laying beside these words and I like (laughs) looking at the words going, how did we meet again? (laughs) How drunk was I? I What is your name? (laughs) How did this happen? Mm -hmm. Um, But it, it, now I'm getting to the point that, like a friend of ours pointed out, the things that I think I should delete yeah. are really the most important things that I've written. I know. I know. Because there's always, we always have this thing where you're like, ah, I said this thing. Maybe we should cut it. And I'm always like, yeah. no, <laughs> you really should be better. I mean, I never forced <laughs> you to. Like, if you want something cut, I'll cut it, you know? Yeah. Um, but generally, like, the stuff that you're afraid of is this incredibly powerful, like, the work that you're doing here is so powerful. And I mean, just it's like going to a campfire and saying, maybe we should put the fire out, you know? Right? So usually when you you ask me to cut something, I'm like, okay, I will if you want me to, but. (laughs) But it's it's that whole idea. I start a fire, I step back, I think, holy God, I need to put it out. Yeah. I have to stop doing that. No, because it's good. (laughs) It's really, really good. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so anyway, this was also the chapter that made me fall in love mm-hmm. with Shonda Rhimes when yeah. I first read this book and all that, all those many, many moons ago, yes. <laughs> and then made you read it. But on page 195, she defined badassery and swagger. Yes, she did. In true <laughs> dictionary definition style with the parts of speech and everything, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the woman like, after your heart. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Confident, vulnerable, inspiring badass who defines her terms. <laughs> I would propose marriage if I thought I had a shot. Like she is just <laughs> keys to my heart, yeah. right? It's mm-hmm. amazing. Um, and I just love it. Mm-hmm. And then on page 196, she said, and I think this is the thing, everyone's got some greatness in them. But in order to really mine it, you have to own it. You have to grab hold of it. You have to believe it. And then you have to make it true. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, again, this is a framework with instructions that are specific. (laughs) And oh, my God, like, (laughs) just 
can you light me up any more than this? I don't think so. Yeah. If mm-hmm. if she had a fucking poem in this chapter, then it would lead to the the full on intellectual orgasm. Like you'd I mean, be, you'd it be was standing on her lawn with a boombox over your head. Seriously, <laughs> like it's fantastic, and I just love it. Um, and she has this this balance of just straight on badassery with enough vulnerability to rock it yeah you know and so you you have this rhythm of her coming and going and stepping Mm -hmm. up and stepping back and it's so real but then the last quote that I pulled was from page 200 Mm -hmm. and I think this was where it got real for me and she said I'm trying to take up as much space as I need to take up to not make myself smaller in order to make someone else feel better I'm allowing myself to shamelessly and comfortably be the loudest voice in the room. I strive for badassery. Oh, yeah. If there was ever a life motto, Mm -hmm. I strive for badassery. I want to do this. Yeah. You know, and I have done this in moments. Like when we're talking about throwing out the words, Mm -hmm. I am a great teacher. Mm -hmm. Like come and learn something from me and you'll see it. I can own my space in a classroom. Outside of that space, though, I've been playing small, like with the writing, with the work, with creativity, with joy, with love. I've been playing small mm-hmm. and I want to strive for badassery. I think it might be the secret hidden element in the quest for big magic. Mm-hmm. And so what I want to do with permission of all academics out there <laughs> is add a level to Maslow's pyramid. Right. <laughs> so you have Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Mm-hmm. And at the top is self-actualization. And I want a new plane of awareness and appreciation so we can level up to badassery. Mm -hmm. I want badassery to be at the top of that pyramid. (laughs) (laughs) I want to make that happen. (laughs) Yes. Well, go ahead and add it on. Eventually, people will just think that's the way it always was. And I think it should be like chipper's orange. It should be chipper's orange. Put it at the top of the pyramid. (laughs) And so, like, I can say that and I can Mm -hmm. see that and I can feel powerful in the saying. Mm Mm-hmm. But we have all this idea of claiming your power and like you've told me I was powerful and and, like we have this idea, but how do I say yes to power when I'm not sure what it is? Mm -hmm. So like we've talked about this and you've said for me, it's empowerment and encouragement and expression. And first of all, I love the fact that all those words start with E. Yes. And (laughs) I was like, oh, look, all the pretty words that start with the same letter. I think I might get an E in a beautiful script surrounded by like stars as my tattoo. I, I love, love it. I love it. Right? Because you I are all this. of those things, you know? But so. I don't know how to tune that into some idea of power and claiming it. Like, I don't know how to actually do the thing. Right. But I feel like I'm getting closer. I think so. And I think this is, I don't think you just, I don't think you just wake up one day and do it. I think it's a process. I think it's an awakening. You know, and you slowly have to have to work your way up to it. But leveling up in badassery, I would say, probably a step along that path. Yeah, (laughs) I think so. So who knows? Maybe after another average week on BSY, I'll have some more insight. Right, right. Maybe we'll be able to get there before the end of the run, right? Yeah. (laughs) But I loved this chapter. So what about you? What did you get from this reading? Oh, God, I think that this, the, the yes, thank you chapter was the one that really lit me up. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I liked I liked chapter nine. Yes, to joining the club, you know, and, and staking her claim and saying, yes, I've, I've done these things, you know. Um, but the yes, thank you, you know, yeah. um, I think was was probably the most powerful part of the book, the entire book for me, you know. 
Um, on page 174, this is the thing. This was the thing that actually lit me up when she, when she talked about this. On page 174, she says, as the editor-in-chief pointed to each woman and named her powerful achievements, without fail, without fail, every single woman did one of three things. One, shook her head and looked away, waving off the words and ensuing applause as if to say, no, no, not really. Look, it's not as great as she's telling you. I maybe really was just mopping the floors and I tripped, I fell, accidentally typed up the whole script. <laughs> Number two, ducked her head, an embarrassed look on her face. Me? She's talking about me? Don't talk about me. Nobody should ever talk about me. Talk about someone else. If there were any kind of cheers when her name was called, she covered her face with her hands, almost as though she was trying to shield herself from a tragedy unfolding before her. Three, laughed. A mortified, embarrassed, stunned. I can't believe I'm even sitting at this table with all of these awesome people because what she is saying about me is the world's biggest lie. But they let me in the door anyway. Laugh. Everything about her says, wow. Just wow. Yeah. Now that's a long quote. I think this I think this chapter earns its long quotes. You know? I think so too. Um, but it's really important. And this was the thing that lit me on fire as I walked to my car on Friday. This is what woke me up. Every woman without fail. Mm -hmm. That is not an accident. That is not something that just happens by coincidence. That is cultural conditioning and it needs yeah. to stop. All right. On page 194, she defined badassery in her wonderful dictionary uh, definition style, which I loved. <laughs> and we have badassery, one, noun, the practice of knowing one's own accomplishments and gifts, accepting one's own accomplishments and gifts, and celebrating one's own accomplishments and gifts. Two, noun, the practice of living life with swagger. And then she goes on to define swagger. Swagger, noun or verb, a state of being that involves loving oneself, waking up like this and not giving a crap what anyone else thinks about you. Term first coined by William Shakespeare. So. <laughs> love, love. So, you know, Elizabeth Gilbert would anthropomorphize these ideas, right? You know, she would have like loneliness and depression followed her through Eat, Pray, Love. You know, she does this, this anthropomorphizing of genius and of fear and big magic. And here we have badassery and swagger. And this, you know, I don't have a devil on one shoulder and an angel on the other. I got badassery on one and swagger on the other. That's how oh, I'm doing this. Right? I love that. Oh, my God. That is fantastic. So... Let's go ahead and do this thing. We're going to do this thing. Let's do this thing. I am a great writer. I am beautiful. I built a media company that was hugely successful and then got destroyed by a very bad man. And I built another one that's even better. I was left with nothing. I got a job. I built a company and I processed trauma and I made a stable life for me and my kids. Right. I am in the unique position of having a lot of people. And I know this doesn't happen for everybody and people think it's, it would be great, but it's, it's weird. I'm in the unique position of having a lot of people tell me like all the time how wonderful I am, you know. I get honestly more compliments than anyone ever really should, you know. And I choose to respond to everything, anything that people say about me that is nice with this like me? No, let's talk about someone else. And then I usually shift the spotlight onto someone else, you know. I'm afraid of saying, yeah, I'm pretty great. Because for one, deep down, I don't believe that could possibly be true. And two, 
I'm afraid that someone will see me feeling good about myself and feel the need to slap me down because they always do. That's why every single woman responds that way. Because if you say, yeah, I'm pretty great, someone is going to smack you. That is not an accident. When I was 11, I had a group of friends in school that I'd been friends with since I was in kindergarten. These were friends that I didn't even think about, like, you know, being my friends. It was just part of my life. Like, I had known them since before I could remember friends. Like, we just always been friends, you know. And then um, we had a situation. We had to move, you know. We were moving a mile down the street and then across the street. But I was in a new school district, so I was going to be leaving that school. And at that time, all of these friends suddenly turned on me. You know, and my guess is now looking back that it was separation anxiety, right? Which is a common thing. When someone is leaving, you decide to hate them so that you won't miss them, right? Mm-hmm. But at the time, I didn't know that. You know, these, these kids who had been my friends would call me up at home, send crank calls. Uh, they would tell me that I was stuck up and conceited, which are two oh. words along with selfish used to control and shut women down. Um, and they told me that I thought too much of myself. And trust me when I say thinking too much of myself has never been a problem for me. I started (laughs) shrinking the day my mother brought me home from the hospital. Every single day of my home life, I was told that I was nothing, that I was fat, that I was ugly. My brother hit me, physically abused me on the regular, and no one stopped him. No one said that wasn't okay. When my mother wasn't ignoring me, she was telling me that I was ugly. And I mean, she wasn't telling me that I was physically ugly. She never said I was pretty, but she never said I was physically ugly. She was telling me that I was ugly as a person, you know? Mm -hmm. So I guarantee you, I never had a day where I thought too much of myself, you know? But these kids, these friends of mine told me that I thought too much of myself and I internalized that. I believed that I was true. So here I was, somebody who thought I was nothing. And the people who were my friends, who I thought loved me, were telling me that I was less than nothing. And I believed them, you know? So ever since, no matter what has happened for me, no matter what compliments I got, no matter what awards I won, no matter the reviews that I got that were excellent, no matter how thin I was at any of the times of my life when I was thin, no matter what I accomplished, I always said, no, 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 don't look at me. It's not me. It's someone else. You know, I have been afraid that if I claim my awesome, if I allow myself to believe for one moment that there's anything special about me, I'm gonna get slapped for it and slapped hard. And usually, traditionally, it's been by the people who claim to love me. Mm -hmm. And I have, I will say traditionally, (laughs) surrounded myself with people specifically because they will do that. They would tell me that I was awesome and wonderful when I was down, but if I started to get back up, if I started to feel good, if I started to believe that I was okay, they would slap. And it was basically that I was, I was trying to get love from people who could not love me. If I could get love from people who couldn't love me, you know, not unlike my mother, my therapist points this out all the time. It's not that I'm not seeing it. Like I'm aware. <laughs> all right. If I could get love from people who could not love me, then somehow that would finally prove that I was lovable, you know? And that, I will say, has been a failed experiment. (laughs) Those relationships have always ended in distance and disappointment and heartbreak because I have deeply loved people who were incapable of loving me back. 
But along the way, I also made actual good friendships, actual healthy friendships and relationships with people who were actually in my corner, people who actually loved me. And I always would say to them, no, 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 there's nothing special about me. And they would say, shut up, you're awesome. And I would not believe them because they actually loved me. So their opinions didn't count. And that was my mistake. Their opinions count most because they love me. You know, the people who truly love you are the people who see everything in you and still see the beauty and the value there. And that's what you should believe, you know? Yes. So now I'm going to share. Oh, God, this is awful. Okay, so now I'm going to share. I put it in the (laughs) script. I'm going to do it. So now I'm going to share a deep, dark secret that fucking terrifies me to say out loud in public where it can be quoted, where people can hear it and tell me not to get too full of myself. So here's the thing that I'm going to say. I know, I know that I'm talented. I know that I have special gifts. I know that things happen to me that don't happen to other people. I know that I have this strange power to make things happen because I decide I'm going to do these things and then I just do them, you know? Yep. I know all of this. I don't talk about it. Only with people I really trust. And even then, not much. I've told my daughters about it because they are both like me in this exact way. They have special talents. They have power. They are exceptional. And I know what that means. And a lot of times it means a certain amount of loneliness. Now, let me be clear. I don't think I'm better than anyone else. I don't think my kids are better than anyone else. Personal value and worth is inherent and inviolable. I am no more worthy than anyone else. But I've spent most of my life believing that I was less worthy. And this is also false. And only recently have I come to realize this thing about myself, you know, that was in conflict with the things that I believed to be true, but something that showed itself, demonstrated for me over and over and over again. I wrote a book on a whim for NaNoWriMo in 30 days. And six weeks later, I had an agent and a contract with a major New York City publisher. That shit doesn't happen to people. I became a fan of Jennifer Cruzy just on a board. And then the next thing you know, a couple of years later, I'm writing a book with her. A couple of years after that, I'm living in a freaking attic. Like, stuff happens to me that doesn't happen to people. <laughs> like, I know that my life is weird and that there's some kind of different track, you know, for me. And at the same time, like, you know, I decide I'm going to do a podcast and I end up doing these podcasts and I, you know, and I built up an, an audience and a community and all of these things. Like, these are things that not everybody does and I do them and I can do them and I'm glad that I do them. But Having this understanding of myself as being inherently unworthy, inherently less, and yet these things happen to me has created such a cognitive dissonance within myself that once I started to realize this, that these things happen to me, that there is something that I'm capable of, that I do have a power, um, it really has thrown me off and I've been completely, completely uncomfortable with it. Um, So, you know, it makes me feel really gross and really uncomfortable to say that I know this, you know, out loud, in public, on a podcast. Because the first thought in my head, who the hell do you think you are? Right? It's either not good enough, or who the hell do you think you are? And you Mm -hmm. flip from one to the other in a nanosecond. There's no air between them. There's no space between them. And the thing is, I know what I am. I know that I have power. I've built this company. I've built this community. It's filled with amazing people. And I know what you all are too. And this is the thing that Kelly fights with me on all the time. Because I see you. 
I see you clearly. <laughs> I know what you are. I know what these people are, you know? Um, your powers are different from mine, but they're there and I see them. And I see powers in lots of people different from mine, but still there, you know? And I am a leader of a community of amazing people who are all out there saying, and I am beautiful once an hour because why? Because I said so. Like, <laughs> that's power. Like, I know it. I claim it. And that is so fucking hard. Like, you've no idea. I, I receive hero worship, not from everybody, from some people. There are enough. <laughs> I've seen it. People have told me, I hero worship you. Like, those are actual, like, words that I get in emails from people. Like, I know they're out there, you know? <laughs> And the thing is that my first response is, no, no, no. You wouldn't believe what a horrible person. If you just got to know me better, you would realize what a miserable piece of shit I am. You know? Oh, my God. And the thing is, is that I don't want people to hero worship me. I don't need them to hero worship me. And I don't need the attention. I don't need people to tell me I'm amazing. I'm not going to believe you anyway. It's a waste of your time. You know? But I need to tell me that I'm amazing. That is what I need. And I need other people to say to me that they are also amazing. And that is the key. That's what unlocked all of this for me. Not just saying, yeah, I'm great. I have power. These are things that I can do. But seeing other people do that and making it a safe space for me to do that as well. At the end of this podcast, after the music, you guys got to hang on after the end of the podcast. You're going to hear it. We have yeah. a bunch of phone calls that came in from people in this community sharing and I am beautiful and it will be the most powerful thing you've ever heard hearing these people claim one thing, right? It's not yeah. even I'm powerful. It's not even I'm extraordinary. It's not even, it's not anything. It's just, and I am beautiful. And it gives me chills when I listen to it. It is one of the most amazing things. And the thing is, there are people out there who I know think the world of me, and I appreciate that, and I know it, and it gives me power. And instead of saying, no, 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 if you knew me, you'd realize what an asshole I truly am, I have power. You know, I've never been comfortable with power, but I have it. And now, you know what? I'm going to use it. If you hero worship me, then stand up, <laughs> claim your power, <laughs> do this thing, you know? And if someone comes to me asking me who the hell I think I am, I'm going to answer, I'm Lonnie Diane Rich, and I'm extraordinary. Who are you? <laughs> yes, baby. <laughs> and I hope they give me a similar answer. I love this. <laughs> oh, I love this. And the calls that we've gotten from people are amazing. Like it yeah. is the most incredible audio clip that you're ever going to hear. It is fantastic. Yeah, it's 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 so and powerful. Yeah. Being the humble friend that I am, <laughs> I will not sit back and say, I told you so about <laughs> you being extraordinary um, because I do believe I have pointed this out for, I don't know, a year maybe. Right. And what was my response? Um, Get to know me better. No, You'll no, realize no, what an no, asshole no, I am. No, no, no. Yeah. Well, let's just say I'm really glad you're moving past that. <laughs> okay, look, I'm trying. What I said is that I acknowledge that this is the way it should be. None of that was easy. I feel horribly uncomfortable. I am waiting I now for somebody to tell me who the hell do you think you are? Well, um, you have your answer. And I have my answer. You have your answer. I'm going to I'm <laughs> going to try, but it's it's really difficult to do. And I have to say that like the reason why I'm doing this is because I've realized that 
people inspire other people. That when you do something that's good for you, you make it safe for other people to do things that are good for them. And that's I right. want everybody to claim their special power. And if you don't know what it is, take some time, figure it out. You know, <laughs> um, it sometimes takes a while for you to realize what your power is. And I think that my power has to do with communication and with reaching people and with building community, you know, and, and the thing is that I'm always like, well, I don't want to be, you know, I'm the leader of the community, but I don't want to suck the air out of the room. I don't want to be like, oh, it's all about Lonnie, you know? Um, mm -hmm. but you know what? Like I have this thing. I've been given this community. People for reasons of their own have decided that I have something to say that's of interest to them and they listen to me. So why yes. not use that power for good instead of using it to slap myself in the face? Like I'm not doing anybody any good by shrinking away from that power. But if I embrace it and I do something good with it, power isn't always evil. It's just usually evil because the people who are comfortable with it are usually evil. So <laughs> let's step up good people with good power and do some shit, you know? Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. I love this so much. Oh my God. It's, it's, it's crazy. I, I, I'm not going to say that, you know, I'm not going to say that that wasn't a little bit of fake until you make it. I'm not going to say that I'm com I'm comfortable with this level of badassery, but badassery on one shoulder, swagger on the other man. That's how I'm going through life from here on out. I love it. It's gotta be it. <laughs> and in the loving of this, yeah. <laughs> in, in your badass swagger mm -hmm. has inspired your homework. Oh my God. What are you telling me? <laughs> So, and actually, I can't tell you how fucking happy this makes me. <laughs> like, I have chills in all the good places. Oh, Because I hear you and, and believe this completely. I mean, I, I just love seeing you come into it. Mm -hmm. And I hear you talk about this power, which I see and believe and is yours. What I'd like you to do for homework is define your terms. Oh, God, I knew you were going to do that. I knew it. I knew it. I would like a definition of your power. Okay. Fucking crystal clear and specific. The most beautiful definition that has ever been written. I would like the full dictionary definition of your power. Oh, God. Define okay. your terms, baby. All right. I'm going to need some alcohol for that. <laughs> Yes, this might be my favorite homework assignment okay. of all time. And all those people out there who are laughing, um, if you're in the Discord chat for BSY Homework, uh, this is your homework too, y'all. Oh, yeah, so everyone. Step on up. <laughs> Get in there and write it out for and, me. And you still have to say, and I am beautiful. I am I'm sorry, the assignments are <laughs> cumulative. Cumulative assignments. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> so because nothing is going to get me drunk on power faster and better than seeing people writing definitions Definition, of their own power. Seriously. No, wait, Define your terms. Like, people are doing this because I said so. Like, that, yes. that is crazy. I just go into a room and I say, hey, do this, and they do it. Like, I mean, yes. I'm glad, you know, I'm using my power for good, but still, it's a little bit weird. Yeah. Although I have to say, I come into a room and say, Lonnie, do your homework and you do it. So I'm a That's fucking true. badass. No, you, you have power as well. You are a fucking badass. Absolutely. I love this Absolutely. so much. Yes. All right. So that means I need to give you your homework. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> all right. I think I think you're going to like this homework. Okay. I think it's going to be good. Um, 
you've got a couple of weeks coming up that are going to be a little bit busy. That's why we're putting, you know, the show or putting it off for a week. So next week we mm-hmm. won't be on, but the week after that we will. Um, and during that time, you know, you're going to have some time to rest and some time to think. And so what I would like for you to do is design your e-tattoo, design your power <gasps> tattoo, your goddess tattoo, figure out what elements should be in it. Oh, um, wow. and, and figure that out because after these couple of weeks, you know, after you've, you've gotten through this, this incredibly busy time and you've got a little bit of space, I want you to get that tattoo. I want you to have it ready to go. <gasps> oh my God. <laughs> okay. 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 All right. So design. So here's the thing. Define your power is for me. Yep. Design your power is for you and okay. everybody in BSY homework. You can do either or. Yes, if you want to get a tattoo. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> With me. We should all we Design. should all get power tattoos. We should all get tattoos on our bodies that speak to whatever our power is because everybody has one. You know, some powers are quieter than others. I think my power is a little <laughs> bit loud, a little bit obnoxious, a little bit like in your facey because it's all about communicating with other people. Um, but whatever power you have, there is something about you that makes you extraordinary. And if you can claim that and define it, you know, and then stamp it on your damn body. If you are so inclined, if not, you can, you know, draw it and print it out and put it up in your office or whatever. It doesn't have to be. Not everybody wants a tattoo. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think that, I think that there's a, a claiming when you put that on your body in permanent ink. And you and I both want tattoos. So, we I do. mean, and, you know. And here's a funny thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, 2018 is this year. That's like supposed to be this big countdown, turning 40, my yeah. son's graduating, it's this turn, it's this thing. Mm-hmm. I got his graduation date. Yeah. And so it's May 17th. Wow. And this child that I have, you know, fought to, mm-hmm. to raise and to bring up by myself for yep. all these years is going to graduate from high school. Uh-huh. And like the reality of this is hitting me. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think May 18th. Mm-hmm. is when I'll do the tattoo. I love it. I love it. Because that's, that's plenty of time to mm-hmm. research. And it's a date that yeah. I can go ahead and put on my calendar. Absolutely. And there's plenty of time to design and pick and out the place. Yourself and brand yourself as your superhero. Brand yeah. yourself with your superpower. I love it. Yeah. I love it. All right. All right. <laughs> All right, we are most active on Twitter, so follow hashtag Big Strong Yes for announcements and discussion. Follow me at Lonnie Diane Rich and Kelly at Dr. Kelly Jones. You can also email us at bsy at chipperish.com. And if you like Big Strong Yes, here's how you can support the show. Review us on Apple Podcast, tweet at us with the hashtag Big Strong Yes, and support Chipperish at patreon.com slash chipperish, which also gets you into the Discord chat, which is an amazing place to talk about the stories you love and to do your homework. And to do your homework. Absolutely. All right. Remember <laughs> to hang on after the podcast for the most life-changing bit of audio that you are ever going to hear. We've got yes. a- at least 12 minutes of it at this point. By the time we get to finishing the editing, I don't even know how many more of the calls are coming in like fire. It is crazy. It's um, but right now, I'm going to go ahead and end the show with our closing quote. And this comes from my beloved Jennifer Cruzy. And she said... Broaden your horizons. They're the only ones you'll ever have. So make those suckers as wide as possible. Big Strong Yes is a Chipperish Media production and is entirely funded by listeners like you. 
To find out how you can support Big Strong Yes and everything Chipperish Media does, visit patreon.com slash chipperish. Thanks, y'all. Hey, Ronnie and Kelly, who are beautiful. This is Anna, and I am beautiful. My anxiety made me hang up the first time, but for Lonnie and Dr. Kelly Jones, I am here to say I am Jonathan, and I am beautiful. Thank you guys so much. Um, This is Jazzy, and yeah, I'm beautiful. So, okay, there's that. Oh, my gosh, this sounds like an answering machine from the 90s which makes me think of friends and that gets me all like twisted emotionally because I'm not sure if I'm supposed to like this or not, but this is Brandon and I'm, I'm calling with homework because, you know, Dr. Jones recommended that I do so. And, uh, I, I should give you fair warning. I've, I've been drinking, but, um, Oh, I should also give you fair warning, but I, I don't actually listen to your podcast. I'm sorry, but uh, most of the time that I listen to podcasts, I'm at work, and uh, yours yours cuts a little deep, and I'm not quite willing to cry at work in my current position, uh, mostly because there's a bunch of middle schoolers around, and I'm worried about how they're going to feel about that. Like, I don't I don't want to put them in a situation where they start crying at school because uh, I, I may have cried at school once or twice, and... I mean, it was painful. Let's be honest. Um, I don't, like, no one needs that. So I've avoided your podcast, but I can't avoid your community and your Discord channel. And it's wonderful. And, uh, I, I browse through a lot of, of what goes on in there. And it's wonderful. It really is. It, it, it's, it's a safe space and I appreciate it. And I've been able to share some things here and there occasionally that have really bugged me for a long time and, and only the closest of, of friends have heard. And it's helpful, I think, to get these things out to people that are acquaintances because I know that when I've been struggling and someone has a similar struggle and it's someone that I barely even know and they say, hey, look, I'm a somewhat normal person to you. However, this thing bugs me all the time it's a beautiful thing and I embrace it and I love it and I appreciate it. And thank you so much. And, um, so yeah, homework. Hey, I feel beautiful tonight. I really do. I, I've thought a lot about, um, my, my work demons and my family demons and, uh, just some general demons that are out there. And I've really concentrated this evening on the homework of saying, hey, look, I'm sometimes I fail miserably, but oftentimes it's when I'm struggling forward through the pressure that is on me and I trip and fall because the pressure is too much and um, that's okay because like I'm going the right direction. And so thanks for pointing it out to me. And you guys are beautiful, too. Hi, Lonnie and Kelly. This is Rachel, um, Rachel Amanda from the Discord chat. And I love the homework this week. I love seeing everybody's photos and hearing everybody's voices. So, uh, well, I guess seeing everybody's voices saying that they are beautiful. So I wanted to call and say my name is Rachel, and I am beautiful. 
Have a great day. Bye. Hi, this is Robbie Rappo. I am a chipperish supporter, and I am beautiful. Hey, Lottie and Kelly. Uh, this is Strangely Literal, and I am beautiful. Okay, I've been so inspired by everybody on Discord that I'm going to do a thing I hate, which is leaving my voice for other people to hear. Uh, you guys, it's all you've all been so inspiring and so wonderful, and I am Stacy, and I am beautiful. Love y'all. So my mom... My mom was beautiful. She was she was Audrey Hepburn, Jackie Kennedy, Mary Tyler Moore beautiful, um, Mary Tyler Moore, Laura Petrie beautiful, but just more voluptuous, more voluptuous, like Catherine Deneuve voluptuous. And yet she was so kind and so not, I don't think even aware of her beauty, but everybody else was. I mean, oh, my gosh, everyone always would tell me, your mom, your mom, she's so beautiful, she's so kind, she's just so gracious, which was, of course, great to hear because I loved my mom, but I was always felt like I had to live up to this ideal of, like, beauty and grace and kindness and I was a tomboy and I didn't look anything like my mom and um, you know, my dad would always tell me how beautiful my mom was, but I never heard how beautiful I was or even pretty or um, anything like that. So I grew up with this huge, huge um, complex about what I looked like. I knew I'd inherited my mom's body, so I got that. I had that much going for me, and uh, but I had no conception of how I looked, and I didn't like my picture having my picture taken, and I. Nothing about how I looked I liked. Um, and it took me years, years, and it still is not even a thing that I can, I can process. But, um, one day, not long ago, I was walking with my mom and we both have white hair now. And somebody said, Oh, you two are so beautiful. Obviously, your your mother and daughter, you look just alike. And, um, like, that was when I was 59 and my mom was 83. And it took me, no, I guess I was 58. <laughs> it took me till then to feel like, wow, okay, maybe, maybe we look alike and maybe I look okay. Um, so that's why I have such a hard time with it because my mom – she was this ideal and 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 I adored her for it. I couldn't hate her for it, so I had to hate myself for not being her. Anyway, um I don't know if you put names to this. This is Amy Houghton and um wow, I guess I'm beautiful. Thanks. Hey everybody, it's Brianna. I love Big Strong Yes. I love listening to Kelly and Lonnie, two amazing, brave, smart, badass women, support each other so fiercely and work through their stuff. And and I'm delighted by their courage in sharing it with us. And what I really, really love, what makes it so damn special is the fact that there's this community that's grown up around it where 
we all get a chance to support one another so fiercely and try to work through our own stuff. So I'm loving it. I love talking to all of you and getting to know you all. And thanks, Dr. Jones. Thanks, Lonnie Diane Rich. Um, And I am beautiful, and so are you. Hi, this is Catherine. I want to thank Lonnie and Kelly for being real and fearful, Tipperish. There's a lot of people I run into who feel like they can't be real and they must be chipper. That's not for me. Just like the Velveteen Rabbit, I've lived enough and been loved enough that I am real and chipper. Real and chipper. And like the Velveteen Rabbit, I am beautiful. Beautiful. This is the Lady Sally. She may prefer privacy, so I'm not saying her name. But she knows who she is and who I am. I want to tell her I also miss the time when I was fresh and smooth before my favorite kiddos made the big stretch happen. Yeah, it was a great time, but I do love getting those belly hugs that are just for me and knowing I made life happen for those kiddos. We are in this together, and we are beautiful. Hello, this is Ishigami from the Discord chat. Um, I had two huge babies, and my belly looks like a war zone. I have stretch marks and scars from my C-sections and loose skin, and it flops over the waistband of my jeans, and I'm really not okay with it at all. But my youngest son, who's three, loves it and kisses the mama belly every day. And while I can't say that I'm okay with it, I'm still really not. I can say that I gave two children life, and I am beautiful. My name is Mariah, and I am beautiful. And thank you for the podcasts you create. Okay, here goes. Lonnie, Kelly, this is Melanie, and I'm beautiful. Okay. Um, Yeah, that's it. (laughs) Bye. Hi, Lonnie. Hi, Kelly. Um, You are both amazing and wonderful, and thank you so much for everything you've created. This is Melissa, and I am beautiful. This is Weird Faye, and I am beautiful. This is Noelle, and I was in the habit of calling myself not beautiful. If I squinted at a picture of myself with just the right filter on it, or managed to catch a glimpse of my reflection in good lighting on a good hair day when I'd recently eaten something organic, I might be able to spot a little bit of beautiful. Never all beautiful, though. Never beautiful enough. But beautiful enough is not a real thing. We're taught that measuring up to cultural beauty standards is a test of essential goodness. The world around us supports this. People who are more beautiful, according to the current standards of attractiveness, are often the most successful. But cultural beauty standards are about upholding privilege, not the inherent goodness or worthiness of people. True beauty is in uniqueness. And guess what? You are truly unique. You are the only you that there will ever be. That is beautiful. What was I doing by pursuing beautiful? I was hustling for my uniqueness, for my worthiness. I was trying to earn my space. I don't need to earn my space. I'm already here. I don't need permission from the white, cis, heteronormative, imperialist, capitalist patriarchy to be beautiful. My existence is my permission, and I am beautiful. 
Hey, Lonnie and Kelly, this is Mandy Kay, and I just wanted to tell you guys, thank you so much for everything you're doing with Big Strong Yes. It is because of you two that I am able to kind of embrace myself and know myself and I am beautiful, and I want you to know that you are both beautiful, too. Thanks. Hi, this is Rob, and I am beautiful. I was also reminded by this exercise of a story from the summer during college that I worked at McDonald's. It was a bad summer, but I had one coworker that I liked, a guy named Kyle Cease, who had just looked up and discovered that he's now a New York Times bestselling author. So, yay. Anyway, Kyle and I used to work the drive-thru together, and typically he would be the guy in the microphone taking the orders. He always started every interaction with, Welcome to the wonderful world of Canyon Park McDonald's. I am beautiful. Can I take your order? I was in the headset as well, so I could usually hear the reaction from the customers. And universally, they loved it. It was always an unexpected delight to have a stranger declare his beauty, and it set the interaction on a good note to start. But I never had the guts to try it, despite the fact that I am, in fact, beautiful. I am Lonnie, and I am beautiful. I am Kelly, and I am beautiful.